listeners, welcome to Ringmasters Podcast Superstar Shakeup Edition. I'm Grant Lefebvre, joined as always by my colleague Jameson Galloway, and we are here to break down the week of Superstar Shakeups on Raw and SmackDown Live, heading into Payback season, the next pay per view after WrestleMania. Jameson, what did you think of the Superstar Shakeup this week? I thought it was confusing. You you weren't the only you were confused no. as well. Yeah, I uh, I think I come out of this with more questions um, than anything. There's, there's just a lot of things. It was cool. I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to this happening, um, you know, every year or something, but uh, just a lot of it doesn't make sense with, like, payback coming up in, I don't know, two weeks, whenever that is. Uh, there's there's SmackDown people on payback, which is a raw pay-per-view. There's people battling for belts, and they're not on the show. I don't know. There's just a lot of uh, question marks right now. Yeah, the Kevin Owens and Bray Wyatt stuff confused me. Yeah. But for the most part, I liked the other changes. Yeah. Um, the rosters are both in desperate need of a shakeup because we have watched everyone fight everyone from both Raw and SmackDown Live, and it's time to inject some new life into them. I was very concerned initially that Raw was going to get everybody and SmackDown was going to be just be tumbleweeds. <laughs> but after seeing Tuesday Night SmackDown, I was very excited because it was an awesome show and uh, with a lot of emphasis on the wrestling. Yeah, there were, I mean, SmackDown is the wrestling show. Raw is the show about wrestling. <laughs> it's the sports entertainment. Right. Um, but, yeah, there was a lot of good. I mean, it's cool to see Charlotte go over to SmackDown. That was a big get for, for them. Um, Alexa Bliss comes over to Raw. Um, so it was big for the, the, the women's roster. Uh, we, had a, we had a Lana vignette this week that was also caught my attention. And, and Rusev was one of the uh, kind of guys thrown in just with a, with a five-second mention that he's going to be going to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Sort of like how Kalisto is going to Raw, but right. they didn't trust Kalisto with that comeback promo because last time he tried to cut a promo, it ended pretty badly. Rusev, I believe, is injured right now. I believe he needed sold shoulder surgery. Uh, but Lana got a Emelina-esque vignette. I sort of got flashbacks, so I'm a little bit concerned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is concerned. But, hey, but we did see Emma. We did see Emma this week, and she, uh, I think, uh, I'm, I'm, I want to see what she's got in the ring. I think she's still got it, definitely. Okay. Uh, she was in the ring last week, and uh, props to them for remembering that Dana Brooke and Emma were a thing <laughs> a while ago, before a lot of injuries and alignment changes happened. But I'm not sure that Dana Brooke will benefit from being by herself. I don't think she's grown enough as a character on the show or as a performer to sort of justify that yet. So I'd still like to see them as a duo over on Raw. You know who I also want to see in the ring is Shinsuke Nakamura. I, 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 he, they've almost got me to turn into an episode of NXT from the past, which you know I do not do, just to see what this guy can do in the ring, because I've never seen him wrestle. And we, he actually spoke this week, which is good, but they're really going to prolong this and just make us wait and wait for him to see what he's actually got in the ring. But I've heard good things. Jameson, that feeling that you're feeling right now, that's how you build interest. That's right. Don't have the guy wrestle and get rolled up by somebody else's music distraction on the very first episode. You have him come out and do his awesome entrance, and he's the crowd's into it, and they love him. And then you get to see his physical charisma against a guy who the crowd could not be more sick of, Dolph Ziggler, perfectly played off of one another there. Uh, just threw him down, made a crying face at him, and uh, the promise of Shinsuke Nakamura's in-ring work will soon follow. So Is it I all- like the build-up to that. It's good, yeah. Is it all it's hyped up to be, his in-ring work? I believe so. His first match to WWE with Sami Zayn, um, was that a year ago now or more? Uh, It was one of the best WWE matches I think I've seen. It was fantastic. The other ones haven't lived up to that yet, and it really depends on the opponent 
and what they're trying to do in the story they're trying to tell. Um, but generally speaking, he has a very unique style that we're not used to seeing on the main roster. So he brings, uh, he definitely brings something different that really nobody else has right now. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, uh, yeah, his entrance is just is awesome, though. I, I do love that. He's definitely uh, over, as you can say. And I'm guessing he can't speak English that well. But uh, <laughs> his English is pretty good. Oh, okay. But he's not going to come out there and be John Cena, of course. But <laughs> I'd, I'd be surprised about he's that. He's got the physical charisma, too, and the weirdness. And uh, he's got a very stiff in-ring style, too. So he's a very, very interesting collection of his uh, attributes I'd say okay yeah uh, well hopefully we get to see it sooner rather than later I don't I don't want to prolong it too much I I, I gotta I don't have as much patience as you do Grant. yeah Jameson wants to see some wrestling yeah. imagine that <laughs> make you want more wrestling on right. the wrestling show it's fantastic but anyway we have a pretty strong showing this week overall um, there are lots and lots of other shifts uh, Kurt Hawkins ended up on raw which mattered about as much as you thought it would um, there was the Miz and Marie's opened raw Coming out to John Cena's music, fantastic parody. Mm-hmm. As always, uh, Miz is a phenomenal actor. Uh, Maurice is great out there. And we got Dean Ambrose coming to Raw, which I honestly don't know how I feel about that, but okay. Uh, it's going to be Miz versus Ambrose, I guess. Uh, yeah. if, the end, if the end game to this is Miz winning the IC title back, then I'm thrilled. That could be. I, 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 yeah, I'd like to see that the way that I would like it to see the end that way because Dean Ambrose I don't know he's not doing a whole lot for the Intercontinental title for some reason I think he needs to go up into the uh the main title picture I don't know I'm not really sure what the issue is his his in-ring style is really sort of soft and not really believable but I I like him as a performer but at the same time he's just been this he's the same guy he's the same guy a year ago when we were hoping he'd go up against triple h at mania he's the same guy he was a year before that and creatively they just sort of expect him to go out there and be a crazy guy and and be fine but he's really been sort of creatively stagnant for a while i think i i agree with that i just don't think he thrives in the mid-level role you know just kind of mid-tier i feel like he's at his best of his game when he is at the top of the game he's fighting the best people in the company um, I feel like that's the best Dean Ambrose we see because the the other greats bring out the best in him. Yeah, absolutely. And now that we have all three members of the Shield on the same show, we might get a Shield reunion. That is a good point that well, I, I actually have not have not uh, thought about. Everybody's so excited. Why don't they just do it, man? Because they, they, they don't. They don't. They're not going to give us what we want. <sighs> they they're too uh, stubborn to do that. They're pretty good listeners, though. So they, they say. Are. Um, but. Uh, Another member of of the uh, Shield was involved in probably the best backstage segment that I can remember in recent time on WWE television. Yeah, this was probably I I lauded over the Festival of Friendship. I loved it so much. I think I loved this more. This was just Braun Strowman and, and Roman Reigns backstage just kept getting better and better and better, and it lasted for like I mean. This was almost a, a five to ten minute deal backstage. It just kept going and going, and I I couldn't believe what I was exactly seeing. But uh, if you wanna you wanna recap it a little bit, I'll let you. Yes, I'll recap because I loved and I hated it, but I loved the setup of it at the same time uh, when the segment started because what we got was Roman Reigns. He's just another guy in a sit-down yeah, interview. It was, it was the same thing he's been saying before he even beat The Undertaker. Mumbling about respect and saying nothing and just being a corporate stooge and 
t sort of just rewinding all of the awesome stuff that he's done recently, and he's the worst version of Roman Reigns. And I think that was intentional because nobody wanted to hear it. Everybody was sick of it. And then, bam, who comes in? Braun Strowman throws him into every hard surface he can find. Uh, production carts, tables, the works, just beats him down and beats him down and hits the power slam and just leaves him lying, just makes a mess out of him. So then they strap Roman Reigns to a stretcher, <laughs> and you think that's the end of the segment. He's going to show up and, and limp to Raw tomorrow and try to do a Superman punch on one leg or something. But no, he grabs the stretcher and runs him off of uh, a loading dock with it. <laughs> well, it looks like a horribly dangerous stunt. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did not see that one coming. I was like, wow, that's, uh, that's incredible. I probably rewound and watched that. Uh, I don't know, 15, 20 times, just to just to see how that actually worked. Now, to get real technical and just to dive right in, was that a dummy or was that a stunt devil? Because I do not think that was Roman Reigns on that stretcher. I highly doubt they actually strapped all of his limbs down and threw him headfirst off no. of the cliff. So that was. But my initial impression was, oh, they just killed that guy, <laughs> <laughs> which is exactly what it should have been. And the crowd popped, and I popped for it. It was a wonderful surprise. But no, and then they finally have to get him back onto the stretcher, and they load him up into the ambulance, and Braun embraces his inner Stone Cold Steve Austin and yells from off screen, I'm not done yet, and the crowd just explodes. Oh, yeah. And he runs in the ambulance and starts beating him down some more. <laughs> and then he shuts the door, and he flips the frickin' ambulance over with his bare hands. <laughs> That was so cool. That was really cool. And, and I, yeah, I didn't see, I thought once he's throwing uh, Roman, you know, over the edge of that ramp, uh, I thought that was it, you know, that was pretty awesome in itself. And then here we go, <laughs> Braun's lifting a, uh, a ambulance and uh, tipping it outside. The segment had about everything. Yeah. Uh, Braun should be the biggest star in the company, right? <laughs> he is so awesome. And I'm not just saying that Braun's a super worker or he's not or whatever, but what they're doing with him is what WWE always says they're going to do with people and make them stars. Right. And they made this dude a star. Uh, he he yeah. might have, rumors have it he might have had a little help picking up that uh, ambulance, but that's all right. It's, <laughs> you, it, you think? It was a little believable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've built him up as the strongest man in the world for so long, mm -hmm. and the, the moment was so cool and unexpected. It was clearly a... Uh, callback to that 1997 Raw after the street fight when Steve Austin ran into the ambulance that Bret Hart was in. Uh, he disguised himself as the driver and then continued beating him up and ripped the stretcher out of the ambulance. This took that and escalated it perfectly. And just to show him that this is now the guy. It did. It, we, we need more of this stuff. This stuff brings back, like you said, brings back memories of, reminds me of days when uh, Kane would be back backstage lighting people on fire or just doing something insane backstage, throwing people in dumpsters. Um, yeah, I, I, I like this a lot. Yeah, this is an incredible segment. Definitely the highlight of Raw and SmackDown this week. The best thing that they've done in a while. Uh, yeah, I really couldn't ask for more than this. I'm not used to saying this about my wrestling show, and I like it. <laughs> so this is fantastic stuff. The rest of Raw was pretty solid. Um, overall, we got the follow-up Seth Rollins promo, uh, which I quite enjoyed. It was a little long. But he was honest and uh, saying he took the easy way out last time, so he's not doing it again. And Kurt Angle knows what it gets Seth Rollins is, so he shows up to support him. But then Samoa Joe comes in because they were rivals beforehand, and now Seth Rollins crippled his boss, or at least beat him in a wrestling match, which is going to take him off television for a while. <laughs> so then he comes back and they brawl. So this was an effective segment, too. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I, I, I like everything that Kurt 
Kurt Angle's doing. When Kurt Angle's involved in a uh, uh, a segment, it just seems to be better. <laughs> he just brings he brings everything to it. He brings comedy, and uh, I mean, hey, the dude's a Hall of Famer, so I like seeing him out there. But uh, yeah, Samoa Joe and uh, Seth Rollins that'll be I'm assuming that'll be uh, on payback, and uh, fun to watch. Yeah, that should be one heck of a match. Um, a lot of respect for both those guys. The style contrast should be lead to some insane spots there. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the revival continued being one of my favorite things on the show, defeating the New Day and their blow-up doll of Kofi Kingston, which I thought was bizarre. Uh, they didn't even sell it. Now they now have a shirt that says we broke Kofi's ankle, yep. which is a lot of fun. I've been looking for that actively right now. And they hit up the shatter machine on Xavier Woods, who just bridged onto his neck because he is clinically dead. And... Uh, Beat him up by being better at tag team wrestling. And the new day, new day get sent to SmackDown. Yes. What do you think of the revival so far? Um, well, I've had a very small sample size, and uh, I don't know. I, I'm there's I'm just nowhere near the excitement as you are, but it's because I haven't watched them. So uh, it's not like they're jumping off the page to me in any way. But uh, maybe after I watch them wrestle for a couple months, they will be. I don't know. Right. I was just wondering because they got a pretty positive reaction yeah. both times they've come out so far, but they definitely haven't been uh, doing the same caliber of – not that they – again, they weren't doing that caliber of work on NXT television, even though their matches are very good. It's like they always save their best matches for the pay-per-views. So it's definitely something I'm interested in. But also I sort of have to understand. I'm like, okay, got to tone down the excitement a little bit. <laughs> Nobody knows who these guys are right. yet. What, but. I have a question. What makes them different from Gallows and Anderson? Oh, that's a good question, actually, because, you know, it's two sort of generic guys, but the Revival, um, apart from being these old-school sort of Southern-style wrestlers, they their timing and their coordination is fantastic. They make all kinds, like, the blind tags they make, using other people's moves against them, figuring out creative ways to set up the Shatter Machine. Just in terms of being a heel team to a babyface in peril, they're excellent because they cut the ring in half, they find clever and creative ways to break the rules, and they just strategize and sort of beat you. Like, they don't just beat you because they cheat in their heels. They beat you because they're heels and they're better at tag teams than you are. Like, they beat American Alpha effectively in the series. Alpha got one over on him, but they figured out that as long as they outlasted them, they were able to win. So they can take these sort of complex stories where you pit the different team's stats against one another, and oftentimes they come out on top. So you can just read a lot into their matches. And everything you just mentioned right there is going to, it's something you see over time. So mm-hmm. so probably once I, you know, I've seen them for, for a while on uh, on Raw, I, that's probably, I'll be noticing those things and I will become to like them. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a little tough at the beginning, but uh, yeah, everything you just said sounds good. Definitely. Yeah, they were a slow burn in NXT too, because okay. they're heels especially. Yeah. Like you don't, they don't come out there trying to impress you. They try to make it look like they're not. So right. I don't know if it was communicating to someone who hadn't seen NXT before or if they had, you know, ruined another NXT person that I always say is great. So <laughs> <laughs> it's one of your impression on that. But all right, we've got some cruiserweight action, I guess. Uh, we've got TJ Perkins uh, turning heel against Austin Aries. Jameson, your thoughts? <laughs> well, TJ Perkins need to do something different because, uh, I don't know. He, he's it's it's not exactly working with with everybody. Um, I you got to kill the dab in the entrance. You got to just <laughs> don't dab in the entrance. I, I don't like that at all. But um, yeah, sure, just um, switch it up. I I don't know. Cruiserweight still is tough for me to get into. But um, I like I like what Neville's doing a lot. I like what Austin Aries is doing. Um, but uh, a switch up for T.J. Perkins is is fine. They definitely couldn't keep him as a face. No, so. no, that is that is something they couldn't do. 
I love how much you hate the dab that he does. Yeah, like, I just I don't know. I I don't like it. I don't I don't like it at all. It's too it's too technical for me. Too technical <laughs> too of a dab. Technical. <laughs> it's just there's no passion in it. Right. <laughs> it's a very good actually that's a really good explanation of why it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. But uh it makes a lot of sense. All right, we have uh Finn Balor versus Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal almost killed him with an elbow to the face that legitimately knocked Balor onto his face. Um I mean, Jinder Mahal's becoming the biggest star in the company. Uh, he, he faces Finn Balor on Monday, and he has another segment with Gronk on Tuesday. This guy is getting a push. He is definitely getting big. <laughs> Figuratively yeah. and literally, yeah. He looks like somebody cut him out of a rock. That's why they need to do something with him. He just looks ridiculous. Like, they just, they, they need, to take it, they need to tell him to take it easy. <laughs> Whatever he's doing, they need to tell him to take it easy because he probably concussed Balor on Raw, and that's excessive. Yeah, we, we can't have another uh, Balor injury. No, we can't. He just got back. But anyway, the Gronk stuff was really great. We'll get into that in just a minute, yeah. too. But I was entertained by that. We have Nia Jax defeating Charlotte. Charlotte uh, is now headed to SmackDown Live, uh, which I think is a great change of pace for her. Charlotte is so good in this match especially. She worked so hard to make this a good match when she didn't have to. Because Nia Jax is, is okay, but she's definitely not there yet. And Charlotte was killing herself to make this work. Yeah, well, she probably knew it was her last time on Raw for a while, so she she's she's gonna go all out. But uh, it was cool to see Alexa Bliss on Raw. I think that's she deserves that, and she's gonna fill that role very nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, actually, uh, on the Finn Balor, where it looks like we're gonna get a feud between him and Bray Wyatt, which is interesting. Yeah, he comes in on the 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 uh, Titantron there. I don't know. What do you think about that? I now dread Bray Wyatt feuds, but at the same time, after he and Randy crapped the bed at WrestleMania, I want to see Balor drop kick him like 18 times in well in the war paint. So and it's another. I mean, this is another thing that was confusing about the shakeup. Bray Wyatt is facing Randy Orton at the Raw pay per view, which they were both SmackDown superstars a week ago. Um, there's no way Bray Wyatt can beat Randy Orton because they're not going to take the WWE Championship and put it on Raw. So we already know who's going to win that match. And there's no way that uh, Chris Jericho is going to beat Kevin Owens for the United States Championship because... Fozzie. Fozzie. <laughs> so we, I mean, we already know two outcomes on the pay-per-view, and I, I do not like that as a fan. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't think the contractually obligated rematch is a great trope to have. I don't think that's a great rule. Because there's a lot of instances where it's completely justified, especially in a long-running feud. But Bray Wyatt really needs to be away from that title. And I'll get more into how I feel about the titles on SmackDown Live uh, in just about two minutes when we get over there. All right. But, yeah, I don't really enjoy that either. Uh, Kevin Owens Jericho is always going to be good. Um, Wyatt versus Orton, they're probably going to try to do it better and just do a regular wrestling match. Do we know what a House of Horrors match is yet? Oh, God, they're not doing a regular wrestling match. They're doing House of Horrors. Yeah, do we know what that is? I have no clue, but if it's somehow stupider than Mania, I almost want to congratulate them because I, I can't imagine how it could get more schlocky than they did. You, you didn't like the maggots of the Warriors? I, I'm starting to come around to it. Are you, you seriously? Yeah. I mean, I guess I didn't really understand the title change a whole bit, but I, I don't know. It threw it threw us through a loop a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> not a, it, it not got a good pe- way. It got people talking, at least. Randy Orton so did not care, because the, the ring would fill with those projections of maggots and worms, and Orton just hit an RKO and beat him. <laughs> so not only was it wacky, but it didn't matter. It was and that's Bray Wyatt's career in a nutshell. Unfortunately, he just loses against everybody, which 
is not new. No. But, yeah, just infinitely frustrating. But, anyway, we have uh, Sami Zayn beating The Miz um, after Maurice tried to cheat, but he managed to roll out roll out of uh, The Miz's finisher and beat him. That was a solid match. We have our main event, which was the Hardy Boys, Sheamus and Cesaro against the Shining Stars, who are now on SmackDown, and the club. And Elias Sampson wandered out. He was also sort of walking around the crowd during the women's match, but he now just showed up, I guess. I, I Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. I, this was another thing I just did not understand. What? Okay, didn't know who the Drifter was beforehand. They show him on camera for five seconds, literally five seconds. What, what What's this guy doing here? Oh, that's the Drifter. And they never mention him again. Like what? What is that all about? It's just a random guy comes in from NXT. They don't show. They show him for five seconds. Don't mention him ever again. Like is he still on the ramp? Like where is he going? They didn't show him running around the crowd on TV. Um, what? I, I didn't understand that at all. Is this something that's going to happen every week? Okay, the Drifter Elias Sampson is an NXT guy. Yeah, and he's been a developmental guy down there for a little while, and he sort of blows. Uh, all the props in the world to him. I'm sure he works hard, but he's one of my least favorite NXT characters. So why is he on Monday Night Raw? Mm, I don't know. And uh, the presentation, I thought, was really stupid. If he were just stalking around the crowd and they showed that for a little while and then sort of built him up that way, but they didn't do that, and then he just shows up on the ramp. That was bizarre. And They they literally talked about him for five seconds, showed him on camera for a split second, and there was no other mention. i I'd never seen that ever in wrestling that usually when someone comes in that's unexpected you at least get an explanation of what's going on yeah i mean Corey graves is the one it makes sense for Corey graves to know who he was and he was not happy to see him just like i was not happy to see him because he is not ready uh and not, nothing against the guy either but just he's not ready for that sort of work yet and that presentation is already off to a bad start so the, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to start seeing him every week it's gonna be i mean it has to become a weekly thing or that that uh, thing on monday didn't I mean, it just was meant for nothing, I guess. I don't I don't know. I guess we're going to have to learn about that a little bit more. But I guess. We've been talking about it for roughly 20 times the amount of time it lasted. Yeah, seriously. So. I, I was just so confused by that. I'd never seen that on Raw ever, I don't think. But I don't know. You know, but the match is very good. Uh, the crowd is so into the Hardys. Um, it was great work from everybody. Um, just a solid match overall. Just a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I quite enjoyed it. We had... Uh, Mickey James and Alexa Bliss coming to Monday Night Raw after Bailey and Sasha got done talking in the ring, and this is my last tirade. But Bailey and Sasha do this weird back and forth promo where they're sort of talking to one another, and Alexa Bliss shows up, and suddenly she talks like a normal human does, and it just sets her completely apart from them because Bailey is just like this 14 year old person, <laughs> and Sasha is not great on the mic, and then Alexa Bliss just shows up and is suddenly the most believable character. And then Mickey James shows up, and everybody's happy to see her. And it's like, okay, it's, I am. Sh- it is shaken up. The women's division on Raw is shaken up. Thank you. It's, uh, maybe Alexa Bliss is just that good. She just uh, makes everybody around her look not as good. Have you thought about that? On the mic, yeah, on the microphone. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's she. Yeah, it's like on the microphone. Like, she definitely has a great personality, and she's great in terms of the the facial expressions, the body language, like all the acting stuff. Yeah, and she's her, great, and her ring work is getting better every. Uh, every time we see her. Yeah, she's probably going to hold that title pretty quick, I would assume. I would imagine so. We had a champion versus champion match, Ambrose versus Owens. Um, pretty good. Uh, Owens tried to hit Dirty Deeds, actually locked up his hands, which was probably his fatal flaw because Ambrose managed to reverse it and hit his own Dirty Deeds. Uh, pinned him, 
After the match, Jericho shows up and gives Owens a code breaker, uh, and they're set to have a match at Payback, and that was raw. <laughs> there it is. To, to SmackDown. Yeah, on to SmackDown Live. Very enjoyable show this week. Um, we had Randy Orton versus Eric Rowan, which was not great. Uh, because of Eric Rowan, or just it was okay. It was pretty good. I feel like that. Then the guy, Bray Wyatt I, thing happened, and I feel like that guy gets a bad rap. I don't know why, but yeah, I don't mind him. But just the whole match was, just, it was okay. Then Bray Wyatt shows up for like three minutes in the middle of it <laughs> on the Titan Tron, and Bray Wyatt was on the Titan Tron. No way. <sighs> yeah, we see him a lot there. It seems like I know. We do. <laughs> Okay, we had an awesome uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. The Usos versus American Alpha. The Usos won. Uh, very fast-paced. Uh, very good work from everybody. Uh, definitely got a great reaction out of people. The crowd was into it. Um, just suplexing everybody everywhere. They tried the stereo dives, and then American Alpha caught them and suplexed them onto the floor. That was cool. There were some great cool moments one. in this one. So this was a fun TV tag team match. Yeah, yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, no, come on. I, I'm glad you brought that move up. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. The The, the dive... Into into the uh, suplex, um, it was good. These two teams are they're fun to watch. These are two tag teams I enjoy watching. Yeah, we've got American Alpha, which people are just starting to get into, and then the Usos, who are the best possible versions of the Usos that I could ask for, just dressed yeah. in all black. Just yeah, it's they're so good as heels. I have no idea why nobody figured this out sooner, but they're <laughs> so good as heels. They really are. <laughs> um, but it worked out, yeah. and uh, we had Gronk. And SmackDown yeah, as well. Gronk. Oh, yeah, and the Shining Stars also showed up and jumped American Alpha. So there's going to be another tag team feud going on. But on to Gronk. Yes. Uh, Mojo Rawley versus Jinder Mahal. Um, they announced this before the show in a segment nobody saw. And Gronk was once again ringside. And uh, Mahal gets in his face. And uh, Mojo was able to knock him down. And Gronk threw a beer in his face as payback for when... Uh, uh, Mahal threw something in his face at WrestleMania, and this and Gronk actually hit Mahal in the face. Unlike Mahal, really didn't really hit uh, Gronk with too much liquid. It all kind of missed him, but uh, <laughs> Gronk true. did not miss. He uh, he he got uh, gender pretty good, and uh, more Gronk the better. They're in Boston, which is you know home of the Patriots, so it uh, it worked out. And um, yeah, the more we have. Gronk on WWE television, it's it's a good thing. You are a fan. Oh yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, Gronk is awesome, dude. He he, this guy loves to party. This guy is entertaining and uh, just doesn't seem to have any cares in the world. So for he he would he would be a perfect WWE superstar. He really would be. Yeah. Have you seen Cena's Gronk impression? I don't think so. It's pitch perfect. Really? It's so on. Like point. the movie or no? Just oh, um, oh. he doesn't. I think he did it on SNL when he hosted it. Oh okay. But. Not the pitch perfect movie. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. I, yeah. Um, but this was a lot of fun, man. I really enjoyed this. It was a yep. nice low stakes thing. Uh, it was it was so much fun. Like I just imagined you told me, yeah, Jinder completely whiffed it when he tried to throw yeah. something at Mojo because his shoulder now no longer rotates enough to throw things. <laughs> but uh, Raleigh hit this awesome running punch and then got the pinfall and then celebrated with the fans. It's a great way to get him over and finally make people sort of care about what he's doing. Yeah, so, uh, it really is. It works. I I, I still think. Gronk's taking a little bit of the, uh, you know, the attention. But, if, I mean, if, if that's what happens for Mojo to get over, then that's what's, what's going to happen, you know. Yeah, but, hey, if it's mostly Mojo from here on out, then I think they've got a... Yeah, they got a good good start to it. Yeah, they got a game plan. They they got a game plan. They're trying to get a guy over. And yeah. I'm, I can't really get mad at that with the way things are. Right. Uh, we have two new women, uh, Tamina Snuka and Charlotte Flair, are now part of the SmackDown Live women's roster. 
we have a really fun match, which uh, I sort of loved because I watch NXT and I'm sort of a hipster like that. But it was Aiden English, no longer a vaudevillain, who's singing everything, the artiste, versus Ty Dillinger. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed this. Yeah, the crowd seemed to be into it as well. There, yeah, there was a, there was singing, a lot of uh, theatrics in this match. Uh, yeah, Ty Dillinger is uh, he's entertaining. He uh, does some weird stuff in the ring. He's always doing something with the the number ten. Uh, it's it's fun. But where, where's uh, Simon Gotch? Is my question. Oh, he's released. He's done. Yeah, you didn't he's, hear about that? No. He was the first guy, or one of the first they released after WrestleMania. Good for him. Remember we talked about uh, good for future endeavor. <laughs> yeah. We talked about him getting in a fight with Sin Cara backstage. That, that was a while was, ago, though. That was, I, yeah, that was sort of the beginning of the end, I feel like, hmm. uh, because apparently he had a lot of backstage heat for a while, and then we heard nothing about him, and both the villains were taken off of television, but now we get to see Aiden English again, which I like because I always liked Aiden English, um, especially as a singles guy. He was good in a tag team, too, but I really think, you know, he comes out there and he has this whole new gimmick where he's singing and he's healing it up, and... I really think they have something with him, and I'm uh, I'm sort of glad that they didn't just throw him out with uh, Gotch, which yeah. I was worried about. They must think they have something as well, or they they probably would have thrown him out. So, yeah. we'll, so we'll see where that goes. I got real concerned there for a minute. In NXT, the crowd would even throw roses at him sometimes. Really? Yeah. So he was he was somewhat over there. Yeah, he was definitely over at one point. Good. Well, so. hopefully, I, I want to see that on uh, on the main roster. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. But anyway, then we had the uh, the Dolph Ziggler thing. Uh, which we already went over. Looking forward to seeing Nakamura. The show opened with Evan sh- uh, oh gosh. Owens showing up. I don't know where my head's at today. Evan Owens. I think that's his <laughs> Evan kid's Owens. Name. That's going to be his next kid. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's Kevin Owens now without the beard, which was hugely strange to me. Yeah. In a blue tie. But I liked it. I yeah. liked it. it worked out. It worked. And he established himself as this heel who thinks Canada's better. He's going to be the new face of America. That was a good line. We've never heard that before with the United States Championship. No, never. But it always works. <laughs> it does. It does. And uh, Baron Corbin shows up, and Sami Zayn shows up, and Owen's reaction to Sami Zayn showing up when he doesn't expect him is always the best. Because mm-hmm. he just does not know how to handle it. And then Styles is the most <laughs> over guy in the building, and he shows oh, up. Yeah. It, it, Owen just can't get away from Zayn. Oh. Just wherever he goes, he just can't get away. But they, uh, yeah, they had the triple threat match at the end of the night for the number one contendership of the U.S. title. And I don't exactly um, get why AJ Styles I, I get it but AJ Styles should be fighting for the WWE Championship not the US title obviously that was what I was going to bring up uh, how interested are you in what's going on with the WWE World Heavyweight title you're not because it's Orton versus the Wyatt family right but the United States title day one on Smackdown Live they have a guy who everybody loves to hate show up and a lot of Hungry superstars showing up because they all want his title, and the match is going to be AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens potentially after payback. This this should be the WWE Championship feud, the, right? The Owens should probably hold hold that, and AJ Styles should be fighting him for it. I, I would have been fine with a Baron Corbin win or even Zayn uh, to fight Owens for that United States Championship, and then Styles goes and faces Orton for that title because I don't maybe. Maybe he's going to take the U.S. title into that match as well, but there's no other guy on SmackDown right now that deserves a championship match other than AJ Styles. That's true. And when you talk about the possibilities there, whether it's Orton or Owens, what he can bring that just tells you so much about how much of an asset he is because he instantly makes any title picture he's in seem like the most important one on the show. That's a superstar right there. Right. And No, yeah, you're right. It should be either Owens or Styles. When when Randy Orton eventually does beat um, the Wyatt family there, 
in the House of Horrors match, whatever the hell that is, um, <laughs> it should be either Styles or Owens fighting for that belt. And one of them is going to be holding the United States Championship. So the, the loser of that match is going to get rewarded with a WWE Championship match. You know, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, it really doesn't. Uh, right now, I'm sure they're going to tell the story and, and figure and fill in the gaps for us. But right now, I, d- I don't really know. Yeah, I was excited. I think we were both excited uh, when, unfortunately, they didn't take the title off of Styles, but they took it off of him to put him in a feud with Cena, which is, you know, which was good. Mm-hmm. But I was sort of hopeful that they do something with it after AJ Styles was the one to establish it, essentially, after beating Ambrose. Um, but they really haven't. But I'm really looking forward to seeing this secondary title get this kind of importance. Because when you're a kid, like, you're a WCW kid. The world title was always, like, the NWO or whoever. Mm-hmm. But the undercard stuff was always the most fun. Yeah, there was good matches there, yeah. Yeah. And, like, and it seems like in this day and age, yeah, those belts, the, the Intercontinental in the United States, don't have a whole lot of meaning. You know, people don't take them as seriously as they should. So I guess this is a step in the right direction for that. Yeah. Now all we need is Miz to win back the IC title. Yep. And that'll be great. Okay, the only way I'm going to be okay with the House of Horrors match is if it's them wandering around the arena for 10 minutes hitting each other and just horribly bleeding and making it this, gru- like, really gruesome Some match. Color, huh? Like an actual horror movie match. And uh, I, they're not going to do that. It's going to be something <laughs> stupid. But they could save it. They, <laughs> but they're going to choose not to. There's ways to. I, I don't know. Let's, let's be optimistic. We'll, we'll see. They, I mean, they're yet to tell us what it is. So eventually we're going to find out and... Who knows? Maybe it'll be good. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll be a good Bray-Randy match that we're going to remember forever. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> they. I, I need a good Bray-Randy match before I die. So <laughs> that's, that's, on your, that's on your bucket list. That's on the bucket list. I just need to see one because I know they can put it together. Yeah. They just never do. Like when they ended up the main event when they shouldn't have back on SmackDown last year. And then they in, in WrestleMania, that was one of the worst. Uh, just It sort of drives me nuts. It'll be all right, man. I uh, know. It'll be okay. You'll get over it. Uh, I'll, I'll live. Yeah. Uh, and we proceed forward towards payback with cautious optimism following the superstar shakeup, which panned out a lot better than I thought it was going to. So definitely good stuff from there. Uh, Jameson, you got any closing thoughts for us? Um, Kane is running for mayor. He is. Yeah. In um, Knox County. What is it? Is it Memphis or? No. Not it's Knox. either Tennessee or Virginia. It's ten- yeah, it's Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. I said Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had to stay right. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, yeah. He's according to everybody backstage, he's the most intelligent person they've ever met. So, I'm sure he's the guy for the job. I, I think he should go. I think he should go uh, mask cane, not corporate cane, though. When he's when he's when he's going to uh, you know get this get this uh, this mayor job. When he really needs to whip people into shape, yeah, he should just yeah. show up with the pyro, <laughs> pyro with the mask, and uh, people will be so scared they have to vote for him. This is brilliant. Yeah. Could we just have him be that character on the roster after that term ends? He's the mayor? Yeah. yeah he's yeah. just he's just this evil mayor. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. It'd be like Alter Ego Kane that we got during his Rollins feud last year. Or the year before. Right. But could be good stuff. So the possibilities are endless as we march toward payback. Lots of rematches from WrestleMania. Should be a pretty good show. But until next time, uh, we are Ringmasters Podcast. We are on Central Michigan Live. Check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud. I am Grant LaFave for Jameson Galloway. We will see you down the road, Marks.
guys, if you're liking this podcast and others, always check us out on iTunes or SoundCloud where you can download and listen to us and stream us live. You can also check us out at cm-life.com. Be sure to check out our Facebook and our Twitter for more information on podcasts and other entertainment on campus. 